So one of the first days when we were driving through the neighborhood to get to the designated area where we were, where we were supposed to be distributing food, um, we saw a gentleman um, in the car on the side of the road, and, and he was he was sweating profusely. He, he couldn't catch his breath. Um, you know, he, he said that he hadn't eaten in days, um, and he had he had some small kids. So, you know, even before we got to our location, because there was a huge line, we pulled over the truck, you know, we gave him, we gave him a bunch of waters. We, we went in the back, we, we made some hot meals for him. We had some snacks and um, we brought it over to his house. And, and this gentleman really, really looked like he was hurting and he really looked like he needed it. You're listening to an American Red Cross in Greater New York podcast. Hello everyone, this is Michael DeVolpierre, Communications Officer with the American Red Cross in Greater New York. The COVID-19 pandemic has unfortunately converged with a very active and destructive hurricane season, and we're not even midway through the month of September. On August 27, 2020, Hurricane Laura made impact as a Category 4 storm packing top sustained winds of 150 miles an hour, heavy rains, and a life-threatening storm surge, making it one of the most powerful storms to make landfall in the U.S. And as you can imagine, the impact on communities has been devastating. The American Red Cross has mobilized a massive response to deliver relief and comfort to the tens of thousands whose lives were upended by the storm. Carrying out this work on the ground in Texas and Louisiana are more than 1,200 Red Cross relief workers, the majority of whom are volunteers, providing safe shelter, food, water, relief supplies, health and mental health support, and much more. From here in Greater New York, the Red Cross so far has deployed 24 team members to the Gulf, which is pretty remarkable when you factor in the fear, anxiety, and uncertainty caused by COVID-19. In this next episode of our podcast, we'll be sharing excerpts from my conversation with one of these individuals. When 22-year-old recent college grad Nick Montoro learned that he could assist on the ground in Louisiana, he immediately raised his hand and volunteered to help, making his father, Sal Montoro, very proud. His dad, Sal, is a longtime Red Cross volunteer from Long Island who has dedicated a huge part of his life to service through the Red Cross. After Superstorm Sandy devastated communities across Long Island and across our region in 2012, when Nick was 14, Sal first introduced his son to the Red Cross. In our conversation, Nick shares with us what he is seeing and doing in and around Lake Charles, one of the areas hardest hit by the storm. Nick also talks to us about the importance to his family and to himself of giving back. So how old are you? Um, I actually just turned 22 on August 7th. Um, okay. I, I just uh, just graduated from college. Oh, wow. So where, yeah. did, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to school at the University of Delaware. Okay. The the yeah. Blue Hens? Yep, the Blue Hens. The Fighting Blue Hens. <laughs> what did you right. study? Um, I was a biology major. Okay. And do you um yeah. so and so you in your last semester was uh was an odd COVID semester. What was that like? Um, you know, it was pretty difficult because everything got moved online. Um um, I was still able to take my classes and do what I had to do, but you know, it was it was really not the experience that I was looking forward to. Um, our graduation also got um, pushed back to next year, so um, I I I don't really I don't really know how happy I am about that, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's tough times right now, and everyone's going through. Yeah, everyone's going together and. You know, we just got to take it with stride and, and 
do the best that we can. Yeah, and you, you, your Red Cross connection goes back to your high school days, right? It does, yes. Back when um, Superstorm Sandy hit Long Island, um, uh, that was that was my first real time um, being out in the field. Um, I, I was I was going around with my father. I was helping him set up one of the biggest shelters actually on Long Island at um, the Nassau Coliseum. Um, and, you know, it was it was very hectic, but um, rewarding at the same time, um, being able to help out, you know, especially my community back at home. It seems like your dad really instilled in you. And you have brothers and sisters? Uh, yes, I do have one sister, an and older you, sister. Okay, so he instilled in you guys the importance of community service at an early yeah. age? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I was really happy that he did because uh, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Um, so you, you, uh, when I heard about what was going on down here, I, I was I was actually the one to approach both of my parents and I said, listen, I'm... You know, I, I just graduated from college. I haven't started uh, my full-time job yet, and I would love to um, go down there and help out. And I, I, I could just see in my dad's eyes how proud he was of me. And um, I came down here representing him, and, you know, I, I've been trying to do the best that I can. You know, not everybody would just raise their hand in the middle of a pandemic and say, I want to... I want to go down to, to Louisiana and, and help out during a hurricane. You know, why was it important for you to do that? This, this opportunity came really at, at the right time for me. Um, I, I, I wanted to help out in any way that I could. And, you know, being, being on, actually on the ground down here, um, I'm, I feel like we're able to make um, the largest difference. Um, we're able to interact with the people in the communities that have been devastated and you know, are already um, just I'm I'm doing feeding down here. So okay, yeah, we've been driving to and from Lake Charles every day. We leave at about nine or ten in the morning. It's been about a three-hour drive there and a three-hour drive home. So we end up getting back in Baton Rouge at about like eleven or twelve at night. So there are long days, but you know, all of it's worth it. So one of the first days when we were driving through the neighborhood to get to the designated area where we were, where we were supposed to be distributing food, um, we saw a gentleman um, in the car on the side of the road, and and he was he was sweating profusely. He he couldn't catch his breath. Um, you know, he, he said that he hadn't eaten in days, um, and he had he had some small kids. So, you know, even before we got to our location, because there was a huge line, we pulled over the truck, you know, we gave him, we gave him a bunch of waters, we, we went in the back, we, we made some hot meals for him, we had some snacks, and um, we brought it over to his house, and, and this gentleman really, really looked like he was hurting, and he really looked like he needed it, and um, we, were happy, we were happy to be able to deliver to him at the time that we did. Wow. Yeah. How, how, did, how did he respond? You know, he, he just, he, he broke down. He, he really, he really was just in shock. He couldn't believe that, that we were there. We were able to help out and, um, you know, that we were on the ground to actually make the difference. Wow. What was his home like? Um, his home actually had a tree that landed right on top of his roof. So, um, you know, just, just, he, he, I can't even imagine what, what those, um, people are going through right now. 
Um, yeah, but but this guy, this you could tell this this gentleman really needed the help, and you know we were just in the right place at the right time, and and we were we were able to um, you know support them. It's all it takes is you know one person helping one person makes it all worth it. So. We've been we've been giving out hundreds of meals. At yeah, a time. I was gonna say it's, it's all about helping one person, but you've been helping hundreds of people every day. When do you start seeing the damage when you're driving in? Is it like is the in is is it is the damage concentrated to a very tight area, or do you start seeing it progressively? Yeah. So so when approaching Lake Charles, I'd I'd say about maybe five five miles out or so. Um, so you'll actually notice all of the light poles um, tilted north. So you could see the way that the wind came in and and the all of them. Yeah, the light posts and 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 um, not just the trees, the light posts. Yeah, the light posts. You know, a lot of them are broken, but trees too. And you know, everything will just be tilted over. And and we saw some flipped containers. There there were cars overturned on the side of the road. Um, and you know the, the the more you get into Lake Charles, really, really the worse it gets. Um, you know, houses completely destroyed. Um, we actually saw um, a big glass building with a ton of windows blown out of it. Um, it looked like a, it looked almost like a ghost town. It was it was really a, a frightening scene. Um, but yeah, the, the the devastation really is really is bad. Um, I've never seen this many power lines down as 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 I've seen here. Wow. When people hear that you're from New York and you've come down in the middle of a pandemic, do you get any kind of special reaction? Um, you know, people say, wow, that's great. You know, thank you for coming down. We appreciate you coming all this way. Um, but, you know, I, I've met I've met several volunteers that are from all across the country. So um, and, you know, I, I've made some, um, you know, really good friendships that, that I'll that I'll have for the rest of my life, and and wow, people it seems like it. Yeah, people that I'll stay in contact with for I'm sure a very very long time. So you're you're in the middle of COVID. Talk to me a little about some of the precautions that you guys have to take. Of course. So, um, pretty much at all times, once once I leave my hotel room, we're we're wearing masks and um, gloves. The protocol um, tells us that that we need to. Um, take the uh the clamshells with the food in it and and we need to place it down and have um the people from the community actually come out and grab the clamshells so we're not directly handing it to them do you sense any um any fear or general anxiety with the people that you're helping with regards to covid um you know i i really think that that this hurricane that that struck through their town is on the, the forefront of their mind. So, um, you know, uh, sure, people still are thinking about COVID, and usually most of the people coming to the pods are are wearing masks. But um, yeah, you know, it's this this is just a, a definitely a bad time for them as well because you know it's the hurricane and COVID. So. You know their their houses are destroyed. They they're they're out without electricity and and air and and food and water. So you know that that I feel like really comes first. And then yeah. you know COVID on top of that, they have to worry about you know trying to keep distance and and stay safe and stay sanitary. So you know it's just um 
just a really difficult thing that they're going through right now. One last question. Um, the Red Cross means a lot to your family. How would you describe that? Okay, so, um, you know, ever since I was little, um, you know, I've, I've seen my dad do, do some great volunteer work and, and I saw the, the joy that it brought him. Um, and, you know, I, I really wanted to carry that on. And once I was exposed to it a little more, once I got a little older and I was able to, you know, you know, go on, go on calls with, with my father to, to house fires, even, you know, it, it, it really, um, it really showed me um, a different side to, to, you know, everything. It was, it, it, it really just helped me, um, you know, move forward and, and make a difference. Um, the Red Cross means a, a ton to my family. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to um, continue uh, my father's legacy and, and do what I can. I want to thank Nick for taking the time to talk to me. And I also want to acknowledge again all our volunteers who are doing incredible work, whether it's down south in the Gulf after Hurricane Laura or out west after the massive wildfires that are occurring. Um, and also the volunteers who are helping out in their own communities. The Red Cross responds to local disasters like fires, floods, and other incidents here in New York. We do that five to 25 times a day, helping people who've lost their home to a fire or other incident. And we provide that immediate assistance and that immediate care. So thanks to the volunteers who are doing their part to help others. If you want to learn more about what we do, uh, if you want to donate money, if you want to volunteer your time, visit redcross.org. Thank you so much for listening. Let's continue to look out for one another.